Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Good to be in church. Yeah? Y'all doing good? And the snow has stopped? How many of you wanted the snow to continue? Snow lovers, yeah? How many are rain lovers? Okay, we'll crucify you right afterwards. All right, praise the Lord. God is good. And thank you, Byron, for... I love Byron. I like... Yeah. Let's connect books. Uh, We've just started our brand new... Oh, my word. We just started a brand new season of connect groups. And we've got so many connect groups going on. Wow. Uh, So you've got all of them in the book, and then you've got them singly over the connect center. So there'll probably be some leaders over there afterwards as well. So you want to go over there singly, uh, you can get any flyer, and it's probably got a beautiful uh, picture of the leader on that flyer, and or you've got the information, all of the information in those books. Amen? Well, praise the Lord. I want to to start by uh, giving out some seed. This is going to mess up the camera. So you that are streaming, oh, no, no, it's fine. I'll be back. I'll be back. Michael's going to move the camera. Michael, you can't chase me. It's not going to work. Okay, I'll move really slow, Michael. For you that are streaming, this is slow motion. Let's pray over the word this morning, can we? Father, thank you so much for the power of your word. Thank you that you give life, you sustain life, that you make us rich with your word. And we ask this morning that our hearts would be opened up. We just agree right now to to say yes to your word. We agree right now to create, to have, to make an environment where your word is welcome. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I'm going to give out some stuff this morning. Uh, Okay, so uh, I'm going to give that one to you, all right? And, uh, oh yeah, I'll pick on some people over here. Okay, I'm going to give that one to you. Okay, I'll come back to you in a minute. You get to study these a little bit. Let's see if you can figure out what they are. By the way, these are uh, organic, uh, non-GMO. That's pretty cool stuff, don't you think? Give one to you. Okay. And then we'll come back on these. All right. Praise the Lord. All right. We'll pick on you. Well, you had to pick me on. You want to pick on me sign. Oh, my word. I don't want to pick on some people. Got to be careful who I'm picking on. I'll pick on this one. This one here. There we go. All right. And this one here, there. Okay. See, you should have... Set on an aisle today, huh? All right. Pick on you. Okay. All right, so where do we start? Okay, so uh, we just... Look at Michael. Look at him, Michael. Look at you. Look at, look at Michael. Okay, so what do you have? Tomatoes, beefsteak. Okay, beefsteak, tomato seeds, right? Yes. Okay, so um, beef, you see these? Beefsteak, Michael, you see these? Beefsteak, tomato seeds. So let me ask you a question. Um, what would we get if we plant those? Beefsteak tomatoes. Can we get something else? No. That's, good. That's beautiful. And what do you have over here? Broccoli. Broccoli or broccoli seeds? Oh, broccoli seeds. Oh, broccoli seeds. It's interesting you said broccoli, though. Might have been the picture that drew you in. It was a prophetic it was a prophetic, prophetic word. Yeah. A prophetic word. Yes. So, uh, if we plant, if we plant those seeds, what will we get? Broccoli. Can we get something else? No. Can we get beefsteak tomatoes? No. Okay, Michael. What do you got? Spinach. Do you like spinach? Love it. You do. Whoa, you guys are healthy. Ooh, that's cool. All right, there's a lot of good stuff in spinach. So um, what should we do with this stuff? Now, do you have spinach or do you have spinach seeds? You did, you did what he did. Do you have spinach or spinach seeds? Spinach seeds, I'm sorry. 
Whoa, that's interesting. You're already, you guys are already preaching the sermon before we got to the sermon. That's good. Okay, all right. So just having the seeds alone has convinced you you have spinach. Yes. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yes. Uh, if I plant these, can I get broccoli? No, sir. All right, thank you. That's good. Come on, give my hand. Where did I go over here? Oh, Frank, what do you got? I got beans. You got beans or you got bean seeds? Green bean seeds. That's pretty good. And how do you know there's something in the packet? Did you feel it? I shook it up, felt it. Yep, it's in there. All right, good. Okay, and if I can, you can hear as well. And if we if we plant these seeds in here, can we get broccoli? Uh, I would think not. All right, very good. Give it up for Frank. I'll be back to you, Craig. Dana, what you got? Okay, to get it right, carrot seeds. Woo! She's got carrot seeds. Give her a hand. Come on, somebody. That's pretty good. So um, what should we do with these? We should plant them. Should we? Can we get carrots out of these seeds if we just leave them on a shelf somewhere? No, we can just keep our carrot seeds. So they've got to be planted to produce? Yes. What a bummer. That's really, that's really a drag. Um, okay, so uh, can, we, can we get, uh, what do he have over there? Remember green beans? Can we get green beans if we, if we plant these? I hope not. Right. <laughs> That'd be confusing, wouldn't it? Okay, who did I pick on over here? Kevin, what do you got, Kevin? I have a packet of green pepper seeds. Green pepper seeds. Okay, good. And should we, should we plant those? These are non-GMO, by the way. Do you like peppers? Love them. Maybe this was prophetic after all. Okay, so do you want to keep these? I think we'll plant them. All right, good. Okay, good. And uh, Lonnie? Oh, uh, can we can we get whatever she had? All right, okay. Lonnie, what you got? I have Roma tomato seeds. Okay, so a different kind of tomato. Yeah. All right, okay. So who had the first tomato? Someone over there. They're, they're waving it right They're now. waving. Beefsteak. Deborah had beefsteak. Okay, and here we got Roma. Yeah. Okay, so can we get beefsteak tomatoes if we plant Roma? No. But they're pretty similar. They can be, yes. All right, but, but they are different. They are different. Oh, my goodness. Okay. All right, good. Give them a hand. Last one. Let's see what uh, Elder Craig has. Radish. Do you like radish seeds? I like everything everybody else has here except for radishes, so I'd be happy to trade if somebody wants to trade their seeds. Could you get beefsteak tomatoes if you traded for them? Yes, but not if I planted my radish seeds. All right, good, okay. So what don't you like about radishes, by the way? I'm just not a fan of the taste, although I I love vegetables. But it's not this hot. They're a little hot. Yeah. It's like a flavored water chestnut. With a red skin. All right. Okay. All right. Give them all a hand. So the word of God is like this. The word of God is like this. I think the word of God is so. The word of God is so specific, and so powerful. It's interesting. Like we've got Roma and we've got beefsteak, right? And you know, it's amazing to me. Even when I look at the animal kingdom, you know, when I look at Lily, our lab. You know, I see a little bit of a brown bear, you know, and I see a little bit of a sea otter, and I see a little bit of this. And it's interesting that even in the animal kingdom, there's some similarities. We talk about a radish, very similar to a water chestnut, uh, not near as bland, a little more fiery. You know, it's, uh, it's interesting how just a little change in the DNA can cause a total change in the result or the fruit or the harvest of a thing. Just a little shift, a little shift in the DNA. Now, we know that the DNA, as we talk about the spiritual world and as we talk about the kingdom of God, the DNA is defined by the Word of God. Jesus is the Word made flesh. The Word of God is, it describes the DNA of, of God. And so when we think about this, uh, we think about the power of a seed and the power of 
planting a seed, right? It's important. And the power of planting specifically the seed that he gives us or the seed that he reveals. And if we will, if we will plant the seed that he gives us or the seed that he reveals to us, then we can trust we will get a specific harvest. There will be a specific thing that comes out of that, right? So, and we, we know that the gospel, the gospel is, it's a bundle of seeds. It's a package of seeds. The gospel means good news, but, but the New Testament or the New Covenant is like a giant package of specific seeds that as we plant those specific seeds in our heart, as we get those planted in our hearts, then they produce a specific harvest. First Peter, and we talk about these things sometimes often, so you might have some of these memorized, but First Peter 1, 21 through 23 says, we are born again, not of corruptible seed. Everybody say born again. Now, born again is crazy. That means you're not who you were. That means that you are a new creation. Your actual nature, your makeup has been changed through being born again, right? So we are born again, not of, inc- uh, not of corruptible seed, First Peter 1, but of incorruptible seed, which is the living, abiding Word of God. Yes? So the Word of God is super powerful. Like last week when we were talking about getting rhemas from God and how the second phrase in the Lord's Prayer is, Give us this day our daily bread. This is super important because if we are not getting bread there is another metaphor for the word of God. It's a metaphor for feed us with words from heaven. Feed us with insights from above. Feed us, Holy Spirit, I open my heart. I open my ears. I open my mind to receive from you things that I don't know, things about you, things about your nature, things about what you've planned for me, Things that you think with regard to me, Holy Spirit, feed me that manna from above. Well, that manna from above, those are seeds. Those are seeds that are meant to be deposited into the soil of your heart. And there's the parable of the sower, where the sower went and sowed the word of God in people's hearts. This is Jesus talking. And Luke 8, Matthew 13, or two of those parallel passages that tell about that. And Luke chapter 8 verse 11 says, the word of God is seed. And he talks there in Luke chapter 8, by the way, he talks about how that sometimes we receive seeds like this. We'll receive some really, some really great seeds and then we receive them and maybe it lands on a stony spot in our heart. A spot of unbelief where we've been where we've been schooled trained or we've come to believe that 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 we're hearing is not possible god loves you deeply that's not possible i'm not worthy of that i'm going to have to earn my place with god that's not possible god accepts you in the beloved because of what jesus has done and god calls you, counts you as qualified in Jesus for goodness. Oh, that's not possible. I have to work for goodness. I have to labor for goodness. I have to prove myself. So maybe the word comes, this is the gospel, the good news, the good news that Father has settled all of your account all of the wrath that you deserve due to sin, even the sin you committed before you walked in that door, Father has considered that all of that that you deserve has been paid for by Jesus, and therefore you are qualified for God's goodness. That lands on a stone. That's too hard for me. I can't receive that. I'm going to have to work for my goodness. When that happens, then the Bible says what what happens in the parable of the sower, it says that could be like a stony spot in our soil, the soil of our heart. The seed might spring up for a little while, but if persecution comes, if trouble comes, then it's 
it withers away. What was grown withers away. I want to go to the fruit of the Spirit for a minute because this has just been, uh, as I started working on this message, you know, this is one of the things I meditate on sometimes is like the fruit of the Spirit. What in the world is the fruit of the Spirit? It's interesting that we're handing out seeds and we're talking about seeds because seeds produce fruit after their kind. And so what is the fruit of the Spirit? And why is it called the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, and it's called the works of the flesh? Isn't that interesting? The flesh worketh, the flesh works, the flesh is working, the flesh is striving, but when the flesh is striving to flourish, to succeed, to build, to accomplish, when the flesh is working, all that comes out of that working of the flesh or all that is knit to or combined with that working of the flesh is jealousy, envy, anger, boasting, malice, contention, strife, Right? He talks about the work of the works of the flesh in here. But then he talks about the fruit of the Spirit. I often hear us as Christians wanting more of the fruit of the Spirit. Let's read the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Everybody say it with me. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Should be more. Self-control. Okay, so um, the fruit of the Spirit. So how, in the, how do we get fruit? How do we get fruit in our lives? Can we groan and, you know, does a tree groan to bear fruit and push it out? Can we, can we, can we push, push fruit out of our limbs? Or is fruit actually interrelated to this whole insight about seeds, right? The fruit of the Spirit is tied to seeds. So if we're, if we're avoiding the Word of God, which is the seed of the gospel, the seed of the good news, the seed of the good news, if we're not soaking that up, or if we're, you know, for years we've had a paradigm of legalism. Our churches for years have not been much different than a, maybe a synagogue gathering uh, on, a, on a Saturday morning in more of a mosaic setting where there's a focus on the Torah. There's a focus on the law. And so we're constantly meditating on the law and we're constantly seeing ourselves falling short of the law. So if that's our perspective, if, if we're... If we're focused on potentially an alienated spot from the good news. So an alienated spot would be uh, uh, meditating uh, uh, meditating on uh, I feel rejected and I feel like I don't fit in and I feel abandoned and I'm fearful and I'm discouraged and things don't work out well for me and I never seem to be in the in crowd. And I never seemed to connect with the, with the cool people. And I just, uh, uh, everything just around me falls apart. And if our meditation is negative, and if it's colored out of alienation, if it's colored out of separation from the blessing of God, then guess what? Even though we could be attending church, fellowshipping in church, and we could be calling ourselves Christian, we won't have this fruit popping out. We won't have this fruit growing on our limbs because we're not giving a home, we're not giving a place, we're not giving space and room for the seeds of the good news. The good news will produce good in you. The good news will produce good in your heart. As the good news produces good in your heart, it will produce good fruit out on your limbs. Good fruit just starts showing up. Love, joy, peace. I heard a, I heard a believer say last week that I need more patience, and then they were saying uh, that uh, 
Maybe they should pray for patience. Then they were saying, well, maybe they shouldn't. They've heard they shouldn't pray for patience because if you pray for patience and God sends a trial your way. All three of those things are silly. Patience comes as you soak in the Word of God, as you soak in the goodness of God, as you soak in the promises of God, as you soak in what He's said over you. See, you're impatient because you're not acquainted with His promises over your life. And so when problems come, difficulties come, or when you're reminded of your current circumstances, you're impatient about what's going on. And you can't, you can't, you can't, Stay the course with a joyful heart or with peace in the midst of that trial because you're not familiar with the promise of God over your own life. So thus, you manifest impatience. Why? You've been meditating too much on, I don't fit in, I'm not cool, I don't know if it's going to work for me, I'm not sure if I'm really accepted, I'm not sure if I'm worthy, I'm not sure if I'm worthwhile, uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure I'm going to ever own this, purchase this, my kids will ever do this, my, I, I'm, not, I'm just not sure, I'm not sure, I'm not sure, I'm not sure, boom, 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 crab apples popping everywhere. No one eats, wants to eat a crabble apple. Are you with me? The gospel is not just, when we meditate on the gospel, the good news of redemption, then the seeds of God's character, what is the fruit of the Spirit, by the way? That's God. The fruit of the Spirit is actually God. That's God's character. The fruit of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit in you, or the seeds of I think most of us are waiting, you know, Pentecostals, we're waiting for an anointing of the fruit of the Spirit. I impart to you the fruit of the Spirit. Fire tunnel. Come through the fruit of the Spirit fire tunnel. If coming through the fire tunnel, you don't hear from God something. See, it's hearing where faith comes. Faith comes by hearing. What is faith? Faith is the gift of God to you that's combined with a seed. Faith is the gift of God to you that's combined with a seed. So by the way, if you're not getting these seeds, if you're not gathering seeds, you're actually low on faith, and you're going to be feeling like, I'm really low on faith. Well, you're low on faith because you're not gathering seeds. Every one of those seeds that I gave out this morning, there's something crazy about that seed that when you plant it in soil and add a little water, it has the grace about it to spring up and start growing. So this is why we need the Word of God. The Word of God has the power attached to it. Yes? Is that all right? Preaching before I got to preaching. So the gospel, let's talk about the gospel a little bit. The gospel is not just hearing about something. The gospel is not just a club we join. It is not just a set of rules we adhere to. The gospel is what Jesus has done for us, and it's transformational. The gospel is power. The power to become a child of God. The power to receive a transformed nature. Does anybody believe that? We have become, and here's what the gospel says, we've become, you've become a different person. You're born of God. You're a son or a daughter of God. You're the beloved of God. You're a new creation. Do you believe that? We're brought into the family of God. We are betrothed to Jesus. By the way, I was thinking about this. 1 Corinthians 6, 9, or right in there. Did he say this for us or did he say it for Was it instruction or could it be both? He said, be not unequally yoked with unbelievers. Well, we use that as a marriage theme, but do you think Jesus is going to be unequally yoked with unbelievers? No, you have been brought in. The betrothing of you to Jesus is because he's actually working in you to create and to bring forth an equal yoke. Jesus is going to marry an equal yoke. That was scary. 
Jesus has brought us into the very heart of God. This is what the gospel tells us, right? The promises of God are sown into our hearts through the word of God. And, and by the way, most of the gospel is filled with all of these crazy promises. These promises are not realities. They're not gifts. They're not tangibilities. They are seeds, right? So these seeds are sown into our heart, and we have to believe them for them to produce for the tangibility of favor or blessing or sonship or prosperity or health, for the tangibility to come forth, it, 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 it's not like you, you, you walk into a, like a time machine and the glass comes down and then you walk out the other side and all of this is yours. It, it becomes reality. These things turn into tangibilities as we believe. They are the substance of the gift, the seeds. The seeds of God are the substance of the gift. But I thought it was interesting, though, that so many of you this morning, when I handed you seed, you actually identified it as the thing. Do we do that when God hands us seed? Because if we would do that when God hands us seeds, because the gospel is filled with promises, and those promises are meant for us to receive as if they were the reality themselves. And instruction is overladen with promises as well. Did you know that, that, that instruction, God... God will knit a promise to instruction. He says to he says to Abram in Genesis twelve one and two, uh, instruction: Go from your father's household and go to the land I will show you, and I will. Make your name great, and I will be your God, and I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who... So here's instruction over here, but attached to the instruction, I think sometimes what happens is when God begins to visit our heart with instruction, we shut him down before he has time to talk about the promise attached to the instruction. We have post-traumatic instruction syndrome. And so he begins to share with us, just go and, just go and love that person. Just go and, 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 and just drop a 20 on that person. Just, just go and, and just stop and reach out to that person. And he's, he's dropping down maybe some ministry opportunities, some fleshing out of his goodness to our heart. And just the moment we hear that coming in our peripheral spiritual vision, we just... And we set our boundaries. I don't do that. That's not what I do. But he wants you to know that actually attached to instruction is promise. Attached to instruction is good news. Attached to instruction is blessing. Attached to instruction is increase. Attached to instruction is something good that he's got in mind for you. Oh, he loves us so good. He loves us so well. He is so absolute amazing. So every promise, like every seed, contains the grace to reproduce in our lives. Isn't that cool? Every promise from God contains the grace to reproduce goodness, even the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of God's likeness in our lives. So as we meditate the promises of God, as we meditate the gospel, the good news, as we meditate what he's done for us, as we meditate promises attached to instruction, then we're meditating on that which will bring forth God's character in our lives. We won't, try to ha- we won't need to try to have patience or goodness. It'll be popping out everywhere. But we have to believe. We have to believe. He gives grace, James 4, 6. He gives grace to the humble. 
He gives grace to the humble. Everybody say humble. If we believe God or when we believe God and believe what he says to us and believe his instruction and believe his word, then we open up a channel of grace, which is supernatural power from God. Grace is not something that's sloppy. It's not partaking of God's goodness regardless of my input. Grace is not God's blessing upon me regardless of faith. The scripture clearly says we partake of grace through faith. Let's go to Ephesians 2 verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Now, what, what, what is a gift of God? What is not of you, not of works? What? Is it, the, is it the grace? Is it the faith? Is it salvation? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. When we talk about faith, faith is not something you can work up. Faith is already attached to the seed that God gives you when he shows you something, leads you, gives you a promise, opens up a promise to you, or attaches a promise to instruction. Faith is already there. It, too, is a gift from God. Your place is just to plant it, get it planted, and hang on to it. Don't dig it out. Don't get rid of it. Don't. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So this is why humility is so important. This is why in James 4, verse 6 through 8, he says, this is the brother of Jesus writing, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Now, this is interesting. When God's trying to show you a promise or give you a, 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 you know, show you the gospel or show you who you are in him or show you what he's done for you, when you say, no, no, not me, I don't, not me, I can't believe that, I can't, I don't qualify for that, not me, I'm not a miracle worker, I don't, I don't, I don't pray for the sick, I don't, no, no, not prosperity for me or not a blessing for me or no, I can't, I can't, if I follow, when, when you're doing that, that's not humility, by the way. That sounds like humility. That's pride. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Who, who are the humble? The humble are those who, in a gentle, and he talks about it in the parable of the sower. It's the last soil, the fourth soil, in a gentle In a humble heart, they receive the word of God. They say yes to the instruction. They say yes to the promise. They say yes to transformation. They say yes to who he's made us to be. They say yes. They're humble. Humble of heart means that we receive and agree. We receive and agree. We receive and agree. We don't have to worry about how it's going to work out. It, and the performing is not up to us. This is, this is what it is to have faith. To have faith is not like, oh, I've got to have faith. I just, oh, I'm going to, oh, oh, I'm going to hang on. I've got to believe that. I've got to, oh, I'm going to believe, believe, believe. Oh. To have faith is just, you said it. I yield to it. I'm going to keep agreeing with what you've said. I'm going to keep agreeing with it. I'm going to keep. Waves are coming, storms are coming, contradictions are coming. But you said it, so I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to keep believing. Bad news comes, testimony comes against it. People assemble against it. Bad dream, you have a bad dream in the night against it. But you said it, so I believe it. I'm just going to keep, I'm going to keep a humble heart. Humble heart. Your word is bigger than all of that. Your word is bigger than my opinion. Your word is bigger than everything that's saying no. I'm just going to keep believing. I'm going to keep believing. What happens? Grace. Grace through faith. There is grace attached to every seed. There's grace to spring it up. There's grace to grow. There's grace attached to every seed. So these seeds, the life is in the seed. 
The life is in the seed, but if you cast the seed out of the soil of your heart, no, not for me. No, not in this season. No, that can't happen. No, I never do. No, I'm still the one that doesn't qualify, and I, I'm still, no, I'm going to have to work my way. No, it's going to, we, if we cast the seed out of the soil of our heart, then we circumvent the grace. We kill the grace. Grace is not some sloppy thing that's flowing every, over every person's life that shows up to a, a building that says church. Grace through faith. Humble heart. Humble heart. Agreement. Yes, Lord, you're, you're doing this. You're doing this. You've got this, Lord. You're doing this. You're so good, Lord. Yes? Grace through faith. Faith is the key to partaking of the goodness of God. It's always based on seed. doesn't mean we have to work or conjure something up. Faith doesn't begin with you. Faith, faith begins with Him, right? 1 John 5, 4. Whatever's born of God overcomes. Whatever has its genesis with God, whatever seeds have their genesis with God, overcome. And this is the victory, even our faith in that which is born of God. Right? Even Romans 10, 17, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, by the word of Christ, or by the visitation of of the Spirit upon what you hear. There's people all over the world hearing the Word of God, but the quickening, the visitation of the Spirit's not upon it. But when there's a visitation, when there's illumination, where there's something within you that sparks, when you hear the Word, read the Word, receive instruction, hear instruction, then faith has come. Faith has come. There's something alive on that seed. And if I'll tuck it in here and believe it, oh my goodness, grace will start to flow. Grace will start to flow. Do you believe that? Each and every miracle that Jesus accomplished, he did in conjunction with, of receiving instruction from Father. John 5.19 says, I only do what I see the Father doing. And I think it's interesting, you know, uh, what if Father asked you to do something different? Did you know Jesus never healed in the same manner twice? So what if Father's leading you to do different things, right? Can you receive instruction from him? knowing that the outcome will be good, knowing that he's up to something good, knowing that he's not only loving you well, but he's loving others well through you. So one time, right, put finger in the ear. One time, mix clay and mud with spittle, you know, right? I mean, there were all these methods of of healing and, and miracles. Stretch forth your hand. Load these vessels up with water. But it's just water. Load them up with water. But it's just water. Load them up with water. All right, let's do that. Uh, Let's fill all these vessels with water. Oh, there's some mighty fine wine. Oh, what in the world happened? Okay, every one of these, and it was—it's following this instruction, and it's—it's as we as we receive, and and this takes us back a little bit to where we started the last few weeks, or where we alluded to. John 15, 7. If you abide in me, he says, John 15, 7 and 8, and my words abide in you. Wow. Then you can ask what you will, and it shall be granted to you, and by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. What? Okay, now, we got crazy miracles coming to pass, or at least good supply. We've got good things. We've got cool things happening over here. He's calling those things fruit. But when he used the word fruit, that we know that fruit comes from seeds. So if I abide in him and his words abide in me, 
Oh, remember, words are seeds. So if his seeds abide in me, and then we talked to you out of understanding that the word asked there in John 15, 7 and 8 doesn't necessarily mean the word ask. It really depends on the context of would you use the word ask or would you use a different word to understand what he's saying there? Because in the Greek, the word they translated for ask could have been translated require, desire, call for. Require, desire, call for. So in other words, sometimes as a delegate of Jesus, what happens is that the word comes to me and I'm abiding in the word and then the word's abiding in me and then I see what needs to be done as a partner with Jesus and then I can speak as it were to move a mountain and it shall be done for you, the mountain shall move and by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So the moving of a mountain could be considered, in your life, could be considered the bearing of fruit. Where did fruit come from? It came from seeds. So I heard something from Father, and if I would agree with it, if I would receive it, and then if I would call for, require, desire, If I would decree a thing, then it could come to pass. Are you with me? And this is where we've talked a little bit about sometimes, sometimes because we're already seated in heavenly places, we're declaring, we're prophetically speaking from above, not from beneath. Is that all right? Mark chapter 11 gives us a, uh, an insight on some of this, and as does Matthew 17 and Luke 17. I got just a couple minutes, and I want to go there real quick. In Mark 11, uh, Jesus has an encounter. There's encounters going on there with Israel, and they see, he sees the apostate position of Israel. And this is the context where he came into the temple and he judges the temple. And he says, you've made it a house of thieves and robbers, but it should be a house of prayer. And it's in that context that he curses the fig tree, the fig tree representing Israel. And on their way back into town, it says, as they were passing by in the morning, they saw the fig tree. This is verse 20 of chapter 11. They saw the fig tree withered from the roots up. Being reminded, Peter said, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed is withered. And Jesus answered, saying to them, have faith in God. So where does all this start? It all starts with God. Where does faith come from? God. Where do seeds come from? God. Have faith in God. For truly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, thank you, disciples, for bringing up the fig tree, but let me now show you a mountain nearby. Whoever says to a mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted him. Now, this is interesting, but this is showing us a right relationship where Jesus had a right relationship with the word. In other words, The revelation that Jesus had over Israel was a revelation from Father. The revelation that Israel was passing away was a revelation from Father. The revelation to speak to the fig tree as a metaphor of Israel, that it would dry up from the roots, was a revelation from Father. So when Jesus spoke to it, he declared the seeds he had received from Father with the authority that was his as a delegate of Father. What happened? It bore fruit. What he said came to pass. Yes? Is that all right? You still here? Pinch somebody. Wiggle. Make a noise. So we got about two more. 
Two more minutes. Matthew 17. The disciples tried to drive demons out of somebody, and they couldn't do it. And they were frustrated, and they were like freaking out, and they, it's not happening for us. This is Matthew 17. And the disciples came privately to Jesus, verse 19, and said, Why could we not drive it out? And he said, Because of the smallness of your faith. This is interesting. I want, to read, I want to read this one to you. By the way, I'm going to read this one to you and the next one out of the King James. You still good? Uh, the King James is maybe more true to the Greek text. And Jesus said, because of your unbelief, for truly I say to you, if you have faith as a grain, as a grain, as a grain of, a, of mustard seed, you shall say to the mountain, be removed, and it shall be removed, and nothing shall be impossible to you. This is interesting. This is the second time now it's recorded in the Scripture, a different situation where Jesus says, if you have faith, it's like a seed. And if you plant that seed, even if it's to declare to a mountain to move, it shall be moved, and nothing shall be impossible to you. When you have a word from God, if you will agree with that word, nothing shall be impossible to you as it pertains to that word of God. Then, in Luke 17, they were, they were having a, a little bit of a discussion about how many times they should forgive somebody. And Jesus said, and they said, seven times? And he said, no, seven times, 70. And when they heard that, Luke 17, they said, oh, Lord, increase our faith. And he, he saw that as a segue for a little teaching lesson. And he said to them, verse 5 of Luke 17, If you had faith as a mustard seed, as a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto this sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the root and be planted in the sea, and it should obey you. Now, this is interesting. This is the third time where he's said that things will obey you. If you have a word from God, if you understand the word, if you know who you are in the word, if you've received the word, this is the third time he's said that things will shift and change, things will obey you, even your appetites will obey you. Attitudes will obey you. Things will shift and change with you. Let's stand this morning. I'm going to ask the band to come and help us close. This morning I brought some of these uh, with me. I've got 40 of these. 44? Maybe four? I don't know. 40. Uh, these, are the, uh, these are these I am statements. If you have not studied the I am statements, I wanted to invite you to come up as we close. The prayer team will be up here as well. But just come up and grab. I'm going to put some on this side, some on this side. And these are, these are like these cool things that we can begin to understand about who we are in Christ. And then they've got a scripture that tells you where to find it. As you meditate this stuff, watch out. Patience is going to pop up. Love is going to pop up. Kindness, meekness, gentleness, self-control is just going to grow. I am a child of God. I'm a son of God. I'm redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I'm forgiven. I'm delivered from the power of darkness. I'm justified. I'm sanctified. I'm a new creation. I'm a partaker of the divine nature. I'm redeemed from the curse. I'm kept in safety wherever I go. I have my needs met by Jesus. I'm casting my cares on him. I'm strong in the Lord. I'm doing all things through Christ. That's just half of them. If you meditate those scriptures, if you meditate those scriptures, then the fruit of the Spirit will start popping out of your limbs. Amen? I want to close with this thought. Heads bowed, eyes closed just for a moment. I want to encourage you. The goal is not so much getting to heaven as we consider our Christian life, our Christian walk and what God's doing with us the goal is not so much getting to heaven the goal is getting heaven to us getting heaven in us it's not getting through or not getting by the goal the goal was stated in Ephesians chapter 4 that you would come into the fullness of the faith that belongs to Jesus God has actually ordained that the exact faith of Jesus is what Father has in mind for you. To make you an equal yoke partner with Jesus, an equal yoke lover of Jesus. 
to grow in a fullness of faith until your faith becomes fully mature. This is one of God's primary goals. And every time you say yes to the Word, you're growing in that maturity. Ephesians chapter 4, 11 through 15. Apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. They've been given by Christ to the church until we all attain to the unity of the faith, to the fullness of the stature that belongs to Jesus. The fullness of the stature, the fullness of the stature of faith. God wants this for you. God wants this desperately for your life. And he just, every time you meditate the word, he is like, this is probably not good to say, but he's like going bananas. He's like going nuts. He's like going crazy. Like they're having happy dances in heaven. Every time you're meditating the word, every time you're like turning other stuff off, turning off the negativity, turning off the dark, turn off the discouraging, turn off the rejection, turn off the I can'ts, turn off everything that contradicts the goodness, the goodness of the good news and give a place to his word. Honor his word. Lift his word up really high. Meditate his word. Say yes to his word and begin to deposit the seed of his word over mountains, problems, difficulties. Begin to declare that. Oh my goodness, happy dances in heaven. Happy. Why? Because you're, you're growing. You're actually fulfilling now the goal. This is a, like a giant goal that he's got. He, he wants an equal yoke partner for Jesus. And he has ordained that you would be maturing into the fullness of the stature of Jesus. The fullness of the stature of Jesus. The fullness of the stature of Jesus. Let's just present our hearts to that this morning. Would you do that just all across the room? Lord, we say yes. We say yes. We say yes to sonship. We say yes to transformation. We say yes to the born-again life. We say yes to the new creation. We say yes. We say yes to your word and the power of your word, the life of your word, the grace that's attached to your word. We say yes to abiding in your word, yielding to your word, humbling ourselves under your word. We say yes. We say yes to the full stature life. We say yes to the full stature life. We say yes to you. We say yes to you. We agree that you are raising us up into the full stature of Jesus. Oh, come on, just lift your voice. Lift your voice with a a thanksgiving. Lift your voice with a yes. Lift your voice with with an agreement to what he's doing, what he's ordained, and what he's up to. To the cherishing, to the cherishing of his word, the cherishing of his word. I'm going to put these sheets up here. If you don't have one of these to meditate on, come and grab one this morning. We're going to close in worship. If you're here giving your life back to the Lord, come and be prayed for. If you're here receiving healing, you came believing for a touch in your body, come and be prayed for. If you came just... Believing to be encouraged, quickened, stirred up in your inner man. Come and be prayed for. Be ministered to this morning as we worship.